MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, June 18th, 2021. Today, the Supreme Court rules on the Affordable Care Act and a case in which a Catholic adoption agency in Pennsylvania wanted to be able to refuse to place children with LGBTQ plus families. The Education Department cancels student debt for some ITT Technical Institute students. Arizona election materials are moved across state lines to a remote private cabin in Montana. Biden signs a bill making Juneteenth a national holiday. The Department of the Interior transfers 80 acres to the Native Hawaiian Land Trust. And Garland overturns two Trump-era rules that made it hard for immigrants to win asylum. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody, we have a big show for you today. Of course, this is Friday, so I will be joined for the good news segment by Amy Carrero. And later in the show, I'll be talking to real-life lawyer and co-host of Opening Arguments and my co-host on uh, the Clean Up on L45 podcast, Andrew Torres. And we're going to discuss the SCOTUS decisions that were handed down today. And of course, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern today is our patron happy hour on Zoom. So if you're a patron, I hope to see you there. I will answer your questions and we can talk about news that breaks between now and then. Aside from that, we have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. As I said in the discussion area of the show there, that today the Supreme Court leaves the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, intact. And they punted on this Catholic adoption agency that wanted to refuse to place kids with LGBTQ plus families. And like I said, Andrew Torres and I will be going over that in detail a little bit later in the show. In other news from Brad Reed at Raw Story, data collected from the widely criticized pro-Trump Arizona fraud it, what I call the crazy times carnival audit, has now been shipped to a mysterious lab, quote unquote, in Montana to be forensically evaluated, also in quotes. CNN reported that the data was shipped to a property in Montana owned by Cypher LLC, a contractor hired by vote audit firm Cyber Ninjas to analyze the data. However, the so-called lab's exact location in the state remains a secret. CNN reporter Gary Tuckman did some detective work and discovered a piece of property owned by Cypher's CEO in Montana, but he could not determine whether that location was the one where the data was being taken. The property in question was located deep within the woods and features a large house and a smaller cabin and a barn. Arizona Secretary of State and now Arizona candidate for governor, Katie Hobbs, told CNN she is incredulous over the strange direction the Trump-backed fraud it has taken. Uh, Former U.S. Attorney Barb McQuaid says on Twitter, quote, I have to believe that Kristen Clark has her voting rights lawyers at the Justice Department converting Pam Carlin's letter into a lawsuit at this very moment. Time to stop the ninja nonsense. Now, the Carlin letter that Barb is referring to is that May 5th letter that she wrote to the president of the Arizona State Senate, Karen Fan, and we covered that on the show back in the beginning of May. It was a warning letter regarding the security and chain of custody required for election materials. And I know everyone is screaming for the Department of Justice to do something. And Barb McQuaid seems confident that they are. We likely won't hear about it until it's filed. No, I don't know when that will be, but I imagine in the next couple of weeks if that lawsuit is being prepared by Kristen Clark at Maine Justice. Now, the rest of the news today is all good news. First, Biden signs into law a bill designating Juneteenth a national holiday 
And this Saturday will be the first Juneteenth observed. Juneteenth is the day marking the end of slavery in Texas. And because June 19th falls on a Saturday this year, most federal employees will get this Friday, today, off. Quote, great nations don't ignore the most painful moments. They don't ignore those moments in the past. They embrace them, Biden said in remarks in the East Room before a crowd that included lawmakers and 94-year-old Opal Lee, who campaigned to make the day a national holiday. The president, who spoke of efforts in some states to restrict voting rights, says the date doesn't just celebrate the past, but it's a call for action. So that was signed into law today. And Attorney General Merrick Garland vacated two Trump-era immigration orders Wednesday that had made it difficult for many immigrants entering the United States to win asylum cases. Garland said in a statement that immigration court judges should ignore both decisions by Trump until they undergo a rulemaking process with public comment. The first, known as the matter of A.B., issued by former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, made it nearly impossible for victims of domestic violence or gang violence to qualify for asylum. Sessions had said women unable to leave violent relationships did not count as a particular social group under the definition of asylum. The second decision Garland vacated is the matter of LEA, issued by former Attorney General Bill Barr in 2019, and it said that the membership in a nuclear family did not qualify as a social group and that therefore people whose families were threatened did not qualify. Both decisions, made through the Attorney General's unique certification power, had wide-reaching implications for immigrants seeking to stay in the United States. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta said in a memo Wednesday that the Justice Department and the Department of Homeland Security are involved in a rulemaking process to, quote, determine the circumstances in which a person should be considered a member of a particular social group, unquote. Until then, Garland and Gupta advised immigration judges they should rule as they did before the orders were issued. Immigration courts, unlike the rest of the federal court system, fall under the direction of the Justice Department, and attorneys general have the power to reverse immigration judges' decisions and set precedent. The Trump administration's attorney generals used certification to alter large parts of the immigration system without writing new laws or regulations, issuing more than 10 such decisions in four years. Vacating the two Trump-era orders is Garland's first use of the certification power. So that's good news. And here's some more good news. 200 to 400 native Hawaiian families could eventually return to their land. The Biden administration is transferring 80 acres of federal property on the Hawaiian island of Oahu to the state's Department of Hawaiian Homelands. That's from KITV reporting on Monday. The land, which will become part of the Hawaiian Homelands Trust, has the potential to become homesteads for 200 to 400 native Hawaiian families. The Senator Brian Schatz said it was the first portion of the land in the trust to be appropriated for homesteading. That's according to West Hawaii Today. It formerly hosted the NOAA, the NOAA Pacific Tsunami Warning Center in Iwa Beach. Being located next to residential neighborhoods, the land is already suitable for housing development. That's according to the Honolulu Star Advisor. According to Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland, the land transfer is meant to help fulfill previous land obligations by the U.S. government to Native Hawaiians. In 1995, the Star Advertiser reported Congress adopted the Hawaiian Homelands Recovery Act, which promised to concede about 1,500 acres of federal land to the land trust. However, the government repeatedly created workarounds to the act and sold property to private parties. As a result, thousands of Native Hawaiian families have been stuck on the wait list for land. A combined 28,730 families are still waiting for homestead placements in Hawaii. Holland said the land transfers are a step in the right direction, but the debt the United States owes Native people is far greater. Quote, yes, it's a happy day, she said. She's the first Native American cabinet secretary. But it's also a sad day because we remember the tragedy that befell the Native Hawaiians throughout their tumultuous history. 
So that is uh, 80 acres being transferred to the land trust, Hawaiian Land Trust. And also, the education department has wiped out more than $500 million in student loans on Wednesday. And this is a first step toward unclogging a badly backed up relief program for students who were scammed by their for-profit schools. For the first time in more than four years, the department approved new grounds for claims through the so-called Borrower Defense Program, canceling debts for 18,000 applicants who attended ITT Technical Institute, a for-profit chain that abruptly collapsed in 2016. The program allows students who were defrauded by their schools to have their federal student loans forgiven. The new approvals involved applications from two groups of students, those who attended ITT between 2005 and 2016 and said they had been misled about their earning chances, and those who attended between January 2007 and October 2014 and said they had been misled about their ability to transfer credits to other institutions. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says, Our action today will give thousands of borrowers a fresh start and the relief they deserve after ITT repeatedly lied to them. ITT students who attended during those time frames were misled, but who had not yet filed a borrower defense claim can now do so. That's citing the department's decision, and they can seek to have their loans discharged. That's according to a department representative. Eileen Connor, the legal director of the Project of Predatory Student Lending, a group that has won court victories against the department over its handling of borrower defense claims, praised Wednesday's announcement but said Mr. Cardona needed to go further. They say, quote, the department needs to address the more than 700,000 borrowers with over $3 billion in fraudulent debt from ITT. Uh, we cannot ask these borrowers to wait another day or pay another dollar towards federal student loans that never should have been made in the first place. Everybody, we will be right back very shortly, right after this quick break, with a discussion with Andrew Torres about the SCOTUS decisions today. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Allison from The Daily Beans, and today's episode is brought to you by Context Travel. It's such amazing news. The world is finally starting to open up for travel again. And if you're like me, you're already planning your next trip. But I found the absolute best place to start the journey. It's called Context Learning. With context, I'm already learning about all the destinations I plan to visit. It's like getting insider knowledge for the next big trip before I even get on a plane. Context runs live expert-led courses and talks and virtual tours around the globe. You can travel with context across the globe to over 60 cities in six continents, visiting the world's cultural and historical capitals. I'm very excited for this. It's so awesome. The last time I got a chance to travel overseas, I learned so much about history and my family's origins and art. Uh, And for me, exploring new places has always been such an amazing learning experience. And the best part about context is you get to skip the line and off hours access to popular sites. On any given day, you can uncover ancient Rome with an archaeologist and like an actual archaeologist to to talk to and interact with. You can go behind the velvet rope at the Louvre with an art expert. Uh, I took recently a a course, uh, a lecture on FDR with this guy named Jeremy Suni, who's friends with Steve Vladek, in Texas. And uh, now I'm going to appear on his podcast and he's going to come on mine. It's just a really, really great way to to learn and to find out things about places you want to travel to. Read their testimonials. There's this one from Dara in San Antonio who says, I remember my mother contacting universities in foreign countries for experts in their fields to help guide us through tricky parts of the world. But now having one website that brings all these incredible minds together is a godsend. So Daily Beans listeners, if you love travel and learning as much as I do, you're going to love this. For a limited time, when you buy one virtual tour, you'll get a second tour free when you use promo code DailyBeans, all one word, at contextlearning.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-X-T learning.com. And again, use promo code DailyBeans at contextlearning.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by real-life lawyer 
actual life friend and my co-host on the Clean Up on Aisle 45 pod and also co-host of the Opening Arguments pod. Please welcome Andrew Torres. Andrew, hello. Hey, Allison. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, day today because I know you got it. It's an OA day for you. So I appreciate it. Episode 500 of Opening Arguments. So a monumentous half half millennium of uh, law stuff. So but as Happy always, 500. Happy 500. We you. had our 500 last week. So I'm uh, I know. <laughs> I'm uh, very happy for you. Yeah, 500. It's a big it's a big milestone. So, today in Supreme Court land, we have a couple <laughs> of big decisions come down, but there's some things that people seem to be getting wrong on the interwebs and uh, I wanted to talk to you about those things. Uh should we start with Pennsylvania or do you want to start with the ACA? Yeah, let's let's do let's do the ACA. Sounds good. So the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 opinion in California versus Texas. And let me explain kind of the background chicanery that was going on in this case. Okay. Because Please. this is being reported everywhere as, you know, Supreme Court saves Obamacare again. This was a ridiculous, idiotic, desperate stunt, uh, thanks to Greg Abbott in Texas. Um, it should have been nine nothing. It is it is terrifying uh, that, you know, there were two votes in dissent and almost Clarence Thomas. Right. So <laughs> here's the game. Right. The game was uh, in the Sibelius versus NFIB decision. Uh, the Supreme Court, uh, Robert's opinion, uh, said that uh, while Obamacare was not justified uh, as an exercise of uh, Congress's powers under interstate commerce. By the way, a bizarre and inexplicable part of that holding, right? Like, I, if healthcare is not interstate commerce, nothing is. Anyway, <laughs> nevertheless, it was justified as part of the state's taxing authority. Okay, um, and uh, and that was sort of how that got cobbled together. Uh, and um, it, as everyone, you know, sort of listening to the show knows, uh, in 2017 in reconciliation, the Trump administration reduced the penalty, right? The minimum coverage penalty imposed by the affordable care act, uh, down to zero, right? Gutting, uh, the, the mandate and, um, and, you know, essentially, uh, crippling defunding Obamacare. It. Yeah, yeah, they, because, they defunded look, like, it. Well, and, and more so than defunding it, right? The whole point of the mandate is to combine risk pools to make it possible, right? Because if you only have insurance with sick people in it, then you don't have you, you don't have for profit insurance, right? Like you have to have, uh, you know, publicly uh, guaranteed uh, health care at that point, because um, the, the otherwise the economics don't work. So, and that was something that, uh, if I'm correct, when they were putting the ACA together, that the powerful healthcare lobby was like, "You're going to have to give us money from somewhere else if we're going to yeah. go along with this ride." And that was that was something that they were pushing. Yes, exactly right. So, uh, Trump administration, uh, in an effort, because again, this is the Republican playbook, right? To to argue government doesn't work, and then when you get the levers of power to break shit, and then say, "See, we told you." Uh, so they tried to break the ACA. Uh, they partially succeeded uh, by eliminating the mandate down to zero. So then Greg Abbott got the idea after talking to, uh, you know, his doofus law friends who think that gold <laughs> fringe on the flag means that it's an admiralty court or whatever. Yeah. And and by the way, same guy who who filed or headed up the uh, the 17 attorneys general to yeah. to put that ridiculous election lawsuit that, yeah. that got kicked out. Yeah. He's a lunatic showman. Got together and basically made a two-step argument. And they said, look, um, if uh, 
the ACA is justified uh, by the taxing authority, uh, then um, you're no longer with the re- with the repeal of the mandate. Uh, you're no longer collecting anything that looks like a tax. So therefore, that provision is now unconstitutional. Oh, and by the way, the rest of the ACA was negotiated contingent upon collecting that penalty. So the rest of it is, quote, non-severable. And therefore, you have to strike down the whole thing, including, right, the mandate that insurance companies cover pre-existing conditions, which is what is behind this, right? Like it is an effort to gut any of the uh, protections, despite the fact that they're popular with, you know, 99.9% of the the public. That's what that's what Republicans want. Uh, we They want to go back to the days where uh, uh, health care providers could uh, and insurance companies could discriminate against you uh, on the basis of pre-existing conditions. Now, um, that chain of logic is torturous and stupid and awful. And unfortunately, there was not a a five justice majority on our Supreme Court because our Supreme Court is super fucked. Uh, to say um, this chain of logic is untenable and ridiculous. Um, It it would have been, and it should have been a no brainer case to say, yeah, you can't gut a law and then say all the rest of the law is unseverable. uh, Therefore, you know, we're going to eliminate the whole law, even though you tried to repeal the whole law in Congress and failed on that. Right. Like, and was this 2017 or was this this time? uh, So, so, that that's the argument that the Supreme Court should have made, right? It should have said, "Let's take a look at congressional intent here, right?" Um, what they tr- they they tried to repeal Obamacare a billion different times; it's failed every single time, right? Because I remember the severability argument, yeah, right. So the severability argument is presented here in this case. The Supreme Court Again. declined, yeah, right, declined to once and for all dispose of that stupid argument. And instead, uh, they cobbled together uh, a seven justice majority. So, you know, good, good on them, I guess, uh, for the most narrow holding possible. And it is this. um, If the penalty has been reduced to zero, then congratulations, you don't have an injury. So therefore, you don't have standing. So therefore, we're not listening to the rest of your arguments. We're sticking our fingers in our ears. That's it. So this decision did not uphold the severability. What it, what it did was it's they basically said, you, you have no damages here, so you don't have standing to sue. No injury. That is correct. That is it. And it goes back. So in other words, right, and, and that is because it is entirely speculative. I certainly hope that the Biden administration uh, uh, reinstates uh, the, uh, the 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 mandate, um, but the Supreme Court has said, "Look, until that happens, your injuries are speculative, and the thing that the Supreme Court doesn't do is rule in you know speculative cases where nobody's been hurt yet." Oh, so then if we do uh, this case, will get resurrected. Make this higher that it will see this again. Yeah, this isn't absolutely. the end. So those of you, you know, reading the like Supreme Court 7-2 saves Obamacare, they're not all right wing activist cretins. No, they still are. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we'll see it again. And it's not over because a lot of people are saying, that's it. We've done it. We're done now. We can move forward and we're not done. It's never over. Um, And we haven't even pointed out, right, the, uh, you know, obviously the 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 terrifying Alito dissent. uh, But. 
but you asked me the question and uh, it's, it's, it's an Alito Gorsuch dissent, which should frighten you uh, that says, yeah, you know, even if we don't have standing, we really, really hate Obamacare and we'll strike it down for any reason whatsoever. Um, th- there was also a concurrence by Clarence Thomas. And so you sent me the text. And you're like, why did Clarence Thomas vote to uphold Obamacare? And the reason is, right, it is three pages of a tongue bath to Samuel Alito, right? It is, oh, Justice Alito is 100% correct that like the last two ACA cases are crazy, uh, but I-, I still do care about standing. Uh, and so I joined the court's opinion only on standing. And that's a conservative opinion, isn't it? Yes. That that narrowing the doctrine of standing historically has been things that conservative jurists want, right? It's a gatekeeping function. It keeps you out of the courts. So I think Clarence Thomas said, yeah, I'm not willing to jettison my views on the narrowness of standing to join in kind of a pointless uh, dissent here, but I'm totally signaling that if we ever get a chance to rule on the merits here, you guys can count on me. Yeah. So basically when, when we do raise it up above zero uh, and it's sued and, and somebody sues, we're going to see it in Supreme Court again and we're not going to have a 7-2 decision. That is absolutely correct. Bummer. Okay. I also want to talk about Pennsylvania. I'm like, <laughs> well, the news isn't as good as everybody says. I want to talk about Pennsylvania, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Awesome. Thanks. We'll be right back, everybody. Hey, Beans listeners, it's AG, and this segment of the podcast is sponsored by Monk Pack, making snacks that taste amazing but have close to no sugar or carbs. It's tough to find healthy snacks that actually taste great, and now I have found them. Uh, and I'm glad to, I discovered Monk Pack. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. They contain less than one gram of sugar, only two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories each. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle or if you just want to be a healthier snacker, and I am a snacker. Uh, they come in delicious flavors like caramel sea salt and peanut butter dark chocolate. Uh, my favorite, uh, I, I it was caramel sea salt, but now it's peanut butter dark chocolate. I'm super into it. It's so yummy. And they're packed with protein and they're satisfying. They have that great, uh, you know, sweet and savory with the crunch from the nuts and seeds, but they're soft and chewy. And they're perfect for this quick snack and you can indulge your sweet tooth without guilt. In addition to being keto friendly, they're gluten free, plant based, non-GMO. They have no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols or artificial colors. And I'm kind of obsessed with these bars. So I signed up for a subscription of my favorite flavors, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them to me automatically. Getting these treats delivered to me on a regular basis is a complete game changer in my effort to eat healthier. So try it yourself. We have a special deal for listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by going to monkpack.com and entering our code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout. Monk Pack is so confident, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whatever you prefer. So to get started, again, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K. Dot com. Select any product, then enter the code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout to save 20% off your first purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. And today's show is also brought to you by Quince. If you're like me and you can appreciate style and quality, uh, but you don't like the exorbitant high prices, you're going to love Quince. Luxury products do not have to be expensive, but they're always marked up 8 to 10 times by retailers. Quince connects you directly with the factories, so they cut out the middleman and you get the highest quality products at really, really low prices. I'm so glad I discovered Quince. It's been amazing to find luxury products for such incredible prices. They have great apparel, cashmere, bags, bedding, accessories at 50 to 80% less than what I would pay for the same quality at most of the expensive stores. At Quince, you'll find the finest quality in a wide variety of products like Italian leather handbags crafted in Florence, silk loungewear and pajamas, five-star hotel quality Turkish bathrobes, 100% grade A Mongolian cashmere sweaters and sets, Belgian linen sheets, and so much more. 
Quince Goods not only makes gorgeous, high-quality stuff sold at radically lower prices, but they're also sustainable. They're made in a sustainable way, and we love that. Everything is 100% factory direct with no retailer markups. Every Quince product is guaranteed to meet or exceed the quality standards of leading luxury brands, which is why their customers rate Quince so highly. Best of all, there's free shipping and returns for a year, 365 days. And if you're not completely satisfied, they'll give you a full refund. So time to get 50 to 80% off the top of the line clothing and home goods, plus free shipping. And you can do that by texting the word daily to 64,000. Again, text the word daily to 64,000. Terms apply. You can read those at onequince.com slash terms. Just text the word daily to 64,000. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to the co-host of Opening Arguments, the podcast, my co-host on Cleanup on Aisle 45, or I'm your co-host if you want to go that way. Now, we're each other's co-hosts. I like. Although I, d- I do have the lawyer dungeon in my basement <laughs> with, with bowls of whiskey and fish heads. Yeah. And, and thank you for, you know, I, I'm glad I could bring you up out of the basement today to talk to you. But no, I, uh, we were, you know, we discussed the, uh, the ACA ruling uh, in, the, in the last segment. Now I want to go on to uh, Pennsylvania. Can you talk about this case, because this is a unanimous decision, isn't it? It is. And it is an illustration of um, how how bad things are about to get on the horizon if you care about separation of church and state. Um, it, so l- let me get this out of the way first. Um, I, I, I believe that this is the best possible opinion that we could get out of this court, which has open theocrats on it. Right, Amy Coney Barrett, Samuel Alito are open theocrats who uh are in who have expressed uh a, a desire for what we for what is called the accommodationist theory of the first amendment and that accommodationist theory that i i don't like that language because what it what it means is that the supreme the supreme court has uh jurists who have articulated the view that the first amendment permits the government to prefer religion to irreligion so long as it does not prefer a particular sect among the religious. Yeah. And uh, I I see your eyebrows twitching. They should. Uh, That is as morally bankrupt a position from people who call themselves originalists as you could possibly imagine. Um, it, 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 it is utterly inconsistent with yeah, the founding of this that. country. Yeah. It, it, they, they don't, it's just, uh, it, it's been, it's been cooking for a long time. Um, you know, Rehnquist was a huge proponent. Uh, but, but, you know, we sensibly had, um, non theocrats on the court for most of the last 50 years. Uh, it, it, this collision has been a long time coming. Uh, so, but this is what a Catholic adoption agency yeah. that didn't want to place children with gay families. Correct, right? And what we were looking at in this opinion uh, was uh, a, a, an opinion from uh, that noted liberal Antonin Scalia. Right? That that decision was called Employment Division versus Smith, um, and uh, it essentially uh, defined down to a very, very minimal category um, the, the types of cases that you could bring as free exercise challenges under the First Amendment when you were a religious organization uh, seeking an exemption to the law. Right? And you might be thinking, I seem to recall a hell of a lot of religious organizations getting exemptions to laws over the years. The reason is that after Employment Division versus Smith was decided, uh, Congress passed RIFRA. And so all of those um, 
exceptions have come from the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, They are statutory rather than embedded in the Constitution, which is how it should be, right? If you want to pass an exemption to a law to benefit a church, I I don't think you should be able to do that, period. Uh, But at minimum, we should say it's subject to repeal by future legislators, as opposed to saying it is an inherent feature of the Constitution which is what the theocrats want. So that's sort of what makes this decision so narrow. Yes, because this decision presented squarely to the court, we should overturn Employment Division versus Smith, and churches should be entitled to reasonable accommodations, exceptions from generally applicable laws, simply by virtue of being churches. Okay, Um, and, And that Right. Would uh, again, as Antonin Scalia rightfully pointed out, uh, that essentially makes every person a law unto themselves. Right. You you can say it would raise open questions for things like and believe me, all of these cases have been litigated. Right. Things like, oh, we're Amish. We don't believe in paying taxes. We think that offends Jesus. Right. Like it, it, it every governmental obligation that people don't like. Uh, would then become a free exercise claim. Um, I think what is most interesting in this case, and and the way that you can tell that it is a narrow opinion, is that there are three separate dueling conservative concurrences, right? Um, And they are trying to work out what the new landscape will be in a post-Smith world, and they just postponed us getting there. Um, they, they said, look, uh, this case falls outside of Employment Division versus Smith. Uh, so we're going to obviously we're ruling in favor of, you know, Catholics being able to discriminate against LGBTQ folks. Uh, that was never a question. The question is, are we going to tear down all of the First Amendment alongside it? And they said, well, not yet. Um, we got to we got to work out what that new. Uh, you know, Handmaid's Tale post uh, hellscape is going to look like. And we don't have five votes for exactly what that's going to look like yet, uh, but it's going to be bad and uh, and it's coming. And that's that's what the that's what the concurrences here are are meant to hash out. So can you explain why? And I, I, I take it that's the reason it was, this was a unanimous decision then because yeah. of the narrowness of the of the decision. Be, because a lot of people are wondering why did uh, you know, Kagan, you know, Breyer, why did they go along with this? That's that's the big question on everybody's minds this morning. And my answer to that is, I think that Justice Roberts brokered this. And I think he went to the liberal wing and said, if you insist on writing a a pro Smith dissent, uh, this is going to be six, three the other way. Uh, and you're not going to get language that you like uh, in this opinion. Um, and if you let me write the opinion, which is, this is a Robert's opinion, it'll be super narrow. We'll punt the question, you know, down the road and who knows, right? Maybe you guys will get to pack the courts. Maybe something will happen. Maybe the horse will sing. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think that that's, I think that they took it. I think that this truly represents, you know, the, this becoming the Robert's court. I think that he strong armed those, those justices and. Uh, and and uh, look, I can't say if I were in Elena Kagan that that I would have, right? You know, there 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 are times to you know sort of bravely fight, and there are times when it's tilting at windmills. Yeah, yeah. You you either punt now or now we can start to to dig into this hellscape. <laughs> yeah, Be, because you're not going to get no one's going to get their way. 
Yeah. So they 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 decided to punt. I got it. Wow. All right. And we still have, I think, 15 more decisions coming down the pike. So and and, you know, as you saw with these two cases, right, like the, the Supreme Court, it, it should not be surprising. Right. Like they they released their least controversial stuff first. So, you know, it's um, it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. Like we have told you. You know, this is uh, this current Supreme Court, uh, unless we do something about it, is going to be a force of obstructionism and right wing activism for three decades uh, unless unless we do something and do something means get out there in 2022 and give us more Democratic senators so that we can talk about uh, getting rid of the filibuster and making these kinds of structural changes. Expanding the court. Yep. Yeah, I know that they're already talking about that. And I'm, I'm sure that what came out today, particularly in this Pennsylvania decision, they're talking about it in that commission, that court reform commission, because they know it. Yeah, which we've talked about on cleanup. So they know it's coming. Well, I thank you. I appreciate your time today. Everybody listen to opening arguments, clean up on L45, all members of the MSW Media Podcast Network. And uh, we need to get together soon. Uh, we haven't had drinks since 2019 in person, my friend. To too long and uh and we absolutely all right everybody thank you uh everybody well you andrew <laughs> thanks for having me on I, I love it andrew torres i appreciate your time and everybody now i'm talking talking to everybody we'll be right back with the good news hello lovely listeners it's allison and this portion of the beans is brought to you by american giant too often i've bought factory produced merchandise it's made cheaply it falls apart we have to buy more which means it ends up in a landfill it's not sustainable and i hate that so many products are designed to be temporary But if you look back at the craftsmanship of the past, you see it wasn't always this way and doesn't have to be. Bayard Winthrop, who's the CEO and founder of American Giant, grew up with a sweatshirt from the 50s that his dad gave him. And today, it's still in his closet and it looks better than ever. And with that durable sweatshirt in mind, American Giant launched with the classic full zip hoodie as their flagship product, aiming to revive local manufacturing and craft quality clothing made to last a lifetime. American Giant believes clothes should be wearable for years so you don't buy more than you need. With their passion for truly durable clothing, they crafted what Slate Magazine calls the greatest hoodie ever made. But they say, but there really is no comparison between American Giant's hoodie and the competition. It looks better and feels substantially more durable. When you wear this hoodie, you'll wonder why all clothes aren't made this well. American Giant obsessed over every detail with this hoodie. They even brought a former Apple industrial designer to help during the design process. They have built with custom-developed heavyweight cotton fleece made from locally grown cotton, reinforced elbow patches to protect against wear, durable double-lined hood and metal hardware. It's all built to last a lifetime. It's 100% American made from the cotton to the zippers. I have this hoodie. It is the best hoodie ever made. The side panels provide for mobility. It's got a slim body, slimming fit. It's awesome. It's my favorite hoodie of all time. So get your classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today and use promo code DAILYBEANS for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at American-Giant.com. And today's show is also brought to you by Apostrophe. Did you know most home remedies and over-the-counter acne products do not work? And even worse, they can actually damage your skin. The worst advice I got when I was a teenager was to put hemorrhoid cream on my zits. I don't know why they thought that that would work. But that's why I am now excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear up acne. Apostrophe connects you with board-certified dermatologists who will create a personalized treatment plan perfectly tailored to your skin. You just fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and your medical history, snap a few selfies, and your dermatologist, who is board-certified, will create your customized treatment plan. 
apostrophe treats acne. They can also help hit other skincare targets like reducing redness and wrinkles and dark spots. My personal skincare goals as an adult is to avoid acne. I'm supposed to have zit clemency at this age, but for some reason I don't. I also want to reduce some dark spots and get, get rid of those little crow's feet. And I love apostrophe because I get a real board certified dermatologist and my plan was tailored for me. Submitting my visit was quick and easy. I didn't even need to schedule an appointment. And best of all, I don't have to go to a pharmacy. They send it directly to my house. And the prescription medications feel great on my skin. They're smooth and silky and they're working. I love them. They absorb nicely and they're nice and light. And we have a special offer for you guys. Save $15 on your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash beans when you use our code beans. This code is available only to you. So get started by going to apostrophe.com slash beans and click begin visit and then use our code beans at sign up. You'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash beans and use code beans to get your dermatology visit and save $15. And thanks to Apostrophe for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And it's Friday. That means joining me today is Amy Carrero. Hello, Amy. Hey. How are y'all? Hi, y'all dressed up for critical role, I see. I am. I am. Hey, doesn't it feel like like the days of old with all this news? Yes. I mean, not as like yes. existentially horrible, but like it's still pretty bad. I mean, like, well, because we're still getting news from the previous administration. And it's just like I turned on CNN today in the morning for the first time in months. And I was like, oh, no, it's still a shit show. Gotcha. Still dealing with shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is unfucking things that the former guy fucked up. And totally. Today we had uh, Deb Holland, the Department of Interior, give 80 acres back to Native Hawaiians. We had That's fantastic. Uh, Merrick Garland uh, toss out a couple of previous DOJ things that prevented immigrants from seeking asylum. Juneteenth. Juneteenth was signed. Yeah. And now tomorrow is a, uh, well, Saturday is a federal holiday, but we observe tomorrow. Yes. Uh, it's it, like, so a lot of it is just really great. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. But yeah, there is a lot of other, mm. <laughs> but this is the good news That's segment. Right. And if anybody has any good news they want to send in or, uh, you know, disputes to solve, to have, you know, resolved in Amy's court, dun dun, dun. or any of the millions of games we're playing, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with this submission by from John, pronouns he and him, wanted to remind all of the Leguminati that Louis Gohmert's knowledge is as deep as the Great Plains and as vast as space, specifically the space between his size seven shoe and the ground. Hey, <laughs> G, thank you for all you do for awareness with mental health and our veteran community. You are welcome, John. You're welcome. That's really good. As deep as the Great Plains, because like it really gets you thinking. It gets you picturing the Great Plains and you're just like, that's not deep at all. <laughs> yeah. And there is, by the way, I don't know if you knew, but we have a new game called How Dumb is Louis Gomer? Oh and people God. send in. Fantastic. Yeah, send in their um, Louis Gomer is dumber than blank or just how dumb he is. It's it's a pretty great game. I love it. Uh, cool. Well, I love that game. Next up from Sean, pronouns he, him. Good morning. I've been a listener since the kitchen days and had the pleasure of meeting you at your Boston show. However, this oh. is my first time writing in. The first time I ever heard you picked a fine time to leave me loose wheel was on the series <laughs> Soap when I was a kid. I can't remember the character's <laughs> name, but that disqualified this joke as a as pretty damn old. Also, imagine my excitement when I heard that 
you have a crossover with my other favorite podcast, Critical Role. My life is complete. <laughs> All I have to do now is live long enough to finish series three and see Trump go to trial. Thank you for all you do. Sean, <laughs> as a pet tax, I wasn't really sure at first which of our many fur babies to include as my wife and I are not only cat enthusiasts, but we are also foster. <laughs> we also foster multiple cats and have a beautiful pity, Willie Nelson, <laughs> as well as an asshole of a macaw veto. I decided to go with our six-week-old foster kitten, Munchkin, and our feral foster cat, lovingly named Jaws, nicknamed Jaws, after our first attempt to pill her. Oh, no. <laughs> Jaws has been confined to the den for months as I work to try to get her to trust humans. Uh, the only part of me she'll allow to touch her with is my feet, and she loves to cuddle with them. Hands, however, are off-limits. She runs away with any hint of hands coming close until today. Today, she came up to me on my desk to beg for the treats that she loves to get from me. Never mind that that she then had so many she immediately threw up. Keep up the awesome work. Oh, no. man, what a baby. <gasps> Look Whoa. at the kitten! Wow. I want that kitten. That's a kitten. Send that kitten. That's a pretty kitten. That's a teacup. Send that kitten. I don't even know if that's a thing, but you could definitely fit that kitten in a teacup. So yeah, you're gonna need to send Munchkin directly to me uh, as soon as possible. Thank you for that submission. <laughs> Picked a fine time to leave me loose wheel. I forgot about the soap series. Now I'm going to rewatch that. I love that show, and I love the movie Soap Dish. Two different things, but. They both have the soap in the Love title. Soap. All right. Next up, <laughs> keep it clean. Uh, from Megan, no pronouns given. Hey, ladies, thanks for the pod. And here are a few different things. Louis Gohmert as as dumb as a box of rocks, as well as not the sharpest tool in the shed and not the brightest bulb on the tree. Quite the combo. For swears, my mom always went with this to prove she is out of her mind mad. This is out of her mind mad moms would say, Jesus H. Seven-sided Christ on a cracker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never understood how a seven-sided Christ would work. <laughs> for, for I don't have any pet pics handy, so I'll share my first blooms of uh, my two clematis uh, varieties this year. Oh, I, I'm trying to I know, pronounce varieties like me a Latin too. word. I was like clematis varieties. Varieties? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just varieties. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. And what a good idea to put it on the, um, what's that? A, like a pipe? Of some, like a well pipe. Yeah, that's a water such well a good idea. It really makes it look so beautiful and part Those of nature. Those are so pretty. And Megan, I love your Louis Gohmert. Uh, it's a it's a veritable cornucopia of his idiocy. Uh, and it reminds me of something that uh, I this is a, a phrase that my friend Sonia and I invented because it's just a kind of a funny combination of a couple of different things. But that he's not the brightest crayon in the sea. Oh, that's what, that's what my God. <laughs> and but you know what? It's actually a perfect insult because how many crayons are there in the sea anyway? You know what I mean? Exactly. So let, let's say there's exactly. two. He's still not the smartest or the brightest. Mm -hmm. Look at that. It works every yeah. time. Love that. <laughs> okay, next up. Louis, what's a pronoun? Question mark. I love your show. But I take great offense at the way you and your listeners have been talking about how dumb I am. <laughs> it seems to me <laughs> that you are casting asp aspersions. 
You got it. On my intelligence. It was bad enough when Eric Holder did that to my asparagus, but this is so much worse. I enjoy your show. I don't really understand most of it, but I laugh along so people don't know I don't get the jokes. Anyway, gotta run. I'm gonna shoot spit wads at the moon until it changes its orbit. Hey, that's a <laughs> that's a really good that's really good. <laughs> Thanks, Louis Gomert, for writing yeah, in. We we really appreciate you writing into the show. Yeah, you're you're really dumb. Uh, next up, anonymous pronouns he and him. Today, while I was in the middle of a work meeting, my news alert popped up on my phone. Normally, I glance at it and move on, but I saw SCOTUS decides on ACA. Quickly, I excused myself and opened the article. The challenge against the ACA was defeated. Reading that line was enough to make me tear up. I gave my special needs son a huge hug, mm. knowing our family has a little bit more protection and his future is brighter as well. Thank you, Dr. Allison Gill, Dana, and everyone involved in, with MSW for being our source for news and laughs. Yes, this is a big oh, day. That's so great. Yeah. With SCOTUS upholding uh, the ACA, they dismissed it as, as we spoke earlier with Andrew Torres on standings grounds. And we go, you know, we go and we went into detail on that. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll see more cases. Maybe we won't. But it, today really is a, a, a fantastic day. Love that. Love it. Love it. Next up, Philip. He, him. Hi, Beans Queens. Real quick thing. But the senator that Richard Ojeda was unable to think of was Robert Byrd, the king of pork. <laughs> Great at getting money. Not necessarily the most humble. I went to Robert C. Byrd High School which you could go to the Robert C. Byrd National Aerospace Education Center from on the Robert C. Byrd Appalachian Highway System. Byrd was a Klansman who filibustered the Civil Rights Amendment and then later either had a change of heart or saw the way the political winds were blowing and voted to make Martin Luther King Jr. Day a federal holiday. And two years before his death, endorsed a young senator by the name of Barack Obama who was running for president. Here is a quick list of more things named after him in West Virginia. A telescope, locks and a dam, a courthouse, a clinic, two bridges, two interchanges, and there are half a dozen other buildings or roads, at least, named in honor of his wife, Irma Ora Bird. Oof, that's a mouthful. It's just a small sampling off the top of my head. There's plenty more. For all his early flaws, which were massive, again, filibustered against civil rights in the days you had to you had to talk the whole time and did so for 14 hours. The majority of those buildings I've not named are either medical or education related. Unlike Senator Manchin, Byrd did believe in trying to invest in West Virginia. Thanks for all you do. Whew. Byrd. That's right. Gosh. Robert C. Byrd. Also, like, what a redemption arc. I'm not sure. I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I think everybody deserves redemption, blah, 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 but also like. Mm. Mm, yeah, very true. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who tried to redeem. Yeah. Uh, but the damage was done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, next up, let's see. Uh, we have Rad, they and them. Hey, Beans Queens. I've been a listener for a few months now. Love the show. Most of my news I get via podcast since it tends to be easier on my anxiety. And this one is definitely one of my favorites. I was very stunned to realize that Amy Carrero mm -hmm. did the good news on Fridays. I'm a huge fan of She-Ra and draw a lot of fan art for it in my spare time. I'm including a drawing I did after seeing the critical role announcement last week since Amy's tiger onesie was too cute not to draw. For my pet tax, I'm including my two cats, Paisley, Gray Tabby, and Poppy, long-haired calico, hanging out at my desk. Thank you so much for the show. It really has gotten me through some rough times. Look at this art. <gasps> oh, my gosh. 
Wow. I'm, I'm like going to get emotional. That's so beautiful. I wonder if I can repost with credit. Let us know. Please let me know if I can repost. This is too good. Oh, yes. it's Adora dressed up as, as me and the thing. Oh, I love it. Oh, so awesome. That is really, really well done. And look at these kitties helping, helping work on the desk. It's I mean, nice of them. Just to ni- the nicest little kittens. Thank you so much for that. Mm. That's so lovely. I'd love to repost that. Oh, here we go. I knew this was coming. I knew it was coming. Next up, <laughs> Melissa, pronounce she, her. Just want to drop a little note to say that I really enjoyed how Allison and Amy discussed Star Wars and the Kylo Ren slash Ray relationship last week. Please let Amy know that as a grad student who is using Star Wars as a part of a case study for her dissertation, her analysis of the relationship was spot on and honestly sounded extremely scholarly. Trust me, I've been reading the articles. Oh, well, I'll take it. Congratulations. I thought this was going to go the other way. I, I really, I, I really, thought I was bracing my, my asshole was so tight. I was like, like they're going to be like, you are a disgrace. Okay. Woo, that makes me feel better. <laughs> we did not understand the assignment. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> next up from Don pronouns she and her. Hello, wonderful ladies of the legumes. I wrote in a few weeks ago for an Amy's court case regarding 3 a.m. Oh, in the morning. I wanted to thank their court for the ruling and give you a small update. Yes. I looked up the definition of AM, and it actually means before noon, not morning, like my husband claimed. So I'm utterly and fully in the right on this issue, as was the court. Oh, and he finished his browser extension. It's named Sarah, and it's available for download. It's made to help you complete job applications without constantly having to retype everything that's already in your resume. Please download it, test it out, and send feedback, suggestions, and requests. And if you feel generous, you can tip him for his time. It's called Sarah, S-A-R-A. Amy mentioned she was curious about the tailless state of my chonky void. We adopted him from a city shelter last spring when we thought it was possible that we could be locked down. Uh, Our 18-year-old cat had passed away the year before, and I did not want to go through the lockdown without a cat. So we found this adult black cat with no tail and figured he might be one of the cats that no one else wanted. So we brought him home. Apparently, he'd been in some kind of an accident, and they had to perform surgery and ended up with him losing his tail. It took him a year before he let me pet him. And this just this week, he has discovered the joys of being brushed. I'm hoping that he soon discovers laps. Oh, babies. Oh, oh sweetheart cats. So I didn't know that, that you know, because dogs, I've only ever had dogs. I'm allergic to cats, sadly. I'm working on it. I'm getting allergy shots. But like, I didn't realize that, that you know, with a lot of the cats, like they really make you, it's a year is a long commitment. And I'm, and I'm glad, I'm glad that, that. It was, you know, it paid off. But wow, that's that's work. I love it. So cute. So lovely kitties. Yes. Oh, that's me. I'm next. Okay, Nathan. I'm like mm-hmm, staring at the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> next up, Nathan. And pronouns he, him. G'day, ladies. Beans, ladies from Brisbane, Australia. I knew how to pronounce that. Pronounce Brisbane. I only know how to pronounce it because I'm obsessed with all things Australia. <laughs> love the show so much. And I'm really enjoying these new games for a misheard l- lyric. Aussie band Spiderbait did a cover of Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's, which they called Alex the Seal after a common misunderstanding of the lyrics. <laughs> they even sang Alex, Alex the Seal as the last line as a sort of tribute to how much it is misunderstood. I definitely used to think that that was the line myself for a while. For a pet tax, I am currently bereft of puppers since our two staffy crosses passed about eight years ago. So I attach instead a hilarious photo I saw 
doing the rounds where someone on Reddit, I think, had proposed adding medieval weapons into photos of dogs playing so it would look like they were in full battle mode. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Love your show. Whoa. Oh, my God. This is it. Look at his feet. Oh, yeah. The little feet are just going... Pfft. And then really the, the so and then really the one that looks terrified without a weapon just has a tiny shield going no <laughs> and the axe in the mouth oh there's that a mace I can't tell but it's hilarious it's really funny wow 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 and the other one has a sword yeah that very common misheard lyric um, our lips are sealed although the one that we thought it was and that we would always hear were islands of seals oh that's a fun islands one. of seals I'd like to go yeah. to the islands of seals. But Alex the Seal is also just as just as great. And now I want to see a picture of Alex the Seal uh, with the dogs, uh, you know, with a like a shield. I'm going to look up this um, this this spider bait version because I kind of want to hear. <laughs> oh, spider bait's a good band a name, good, too, especially yeah. in Australia. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you, everyone, for all of these submissions. And uh, if you have anything you want to send it again, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And Amy, I hope you have fun on Critical Role. Is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? I hope everyone has a great weekend. We're almost in July, which is, I mean, we're halfway through June. But I, in my brain, I'm like always a month ahead. It's so weird. But um, man, I hope so. I mean, looking like summer's going to turn out to be pretty fun. So I don't know. I'm like starting to see people. And now I'm like complaining about starting to see people. So, you know, that's like you're really getting it in. So I hope everyone has a great weekend and can spend it with loved ones. Yeah, summer's going to be interesting. We, we we could give a Matt Gates charge. We could have a Weisselberg plea agreement or a charge, depending on whether or not he flips. I, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting and fun summer. So I hope everybody does have a good weekend. And uh, you know, I don't know if Happy Juneteenth is the correct thing right. to say. I think we'll learn as time goes on. But I hope everyone has a safe and uh, prosperous Juneteenth. And, you know, we all remember the significance Mm -hmm. of Juneteenth. So thank you all very much. Until next time, until we talk on Monday, or if you, you know, listen to Muller She Wrote on Sunday, then that counts too. Or if you come to the happy hour tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific time, I'll see you then if you're a patron. But until the next time, uh, everybody, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. <laughs>